to what? Rejoice and be glad in it. And I will uh, let's continue to sing some of these old hymns of the church this morning.
Amen.
see how that's going to work this morning. I told somebody I wouldn't know if they want to know how I was doing this morning. I said I'm doing good, and sometimes I, I don't feel like I have my legs underneath me this morning. But I feel them you know, a whole lot better than I felt like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. <laughs> but God's good. And I'm so glad to be able to be able to be here to, to share uh, God's word this morning. I, uh, by the way, I wasn't in the office this week, but I was at home and uh, working on my message this week. And uh, I kind of lay out my messages. Uh, I come uh, two or three a week in advance when I'm working on them. And uh, this morning, uh, the message that I had, had uh, picked out that I was working on was this. And God remembered. And God remembered. As we go into this new year, 2024, I want you to know that God remembers you. God has not forgotten us. No matter what the things in this world look like, God still remembers us. And he forgets not your faithfulness. I read several years ago of a parable about a boiled frog in a, in a tale often used to describe and to illustrate the concept of gradual change and our ability to adapt. Birds sometimes become, become very complacent in the face of deteriorating circumstances around us. The story goes that if you capture a frog and you put it in a pot of boiling water, the frog will immediately sense the danger and jump out of that pot, that water to save itself. However, if you take that same frog and put it in a pot of cool water and just gradually increase the temperature, the frog will not perceive the gradual change and will stay in the water until it eventually boils to death. You've all heard that before. This story, this parable, is used to symbolize how individuals and societies can fail to recognize and respond to gradual negative changes in their environment, in our circumstances. This parable serves as a, as a cautionary tale, reminding us of the importance of awareness, vigilance, and the need to take action before situations reach critical points. What I want to talk about this morning, in essence, is a warning against complacency and encouraging us to pay attention to even the smallest signs of trouble so that we can proactively address issues before they become overwhelmingly reversible. Our scripture this morning is taken from Genesis. Genesis 
chapter 6. There's several verses that I want to share on, but we're going to talk about God remembering Noah. The Noah story in Scripture is a very pivotal one that people of all ages today need to hear. Because as we enter this new, year, new uh, uh, year of 2024, we are putting behind us the old and hopefully looking for a new start for us as a church, for us as individuals. Now, how would you classify our society today and our culture with Noah's culture this morning? Several years ago, in 1958, there was a book that was put out called The Naked Communist. This was the plan for the writer of this book. That we should eliminate all laws concerning obscenity by calling them censorship and violation of free speech and press. We should break down cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography and obscenity in books, magazines, motion pictures, radio, and TV. That we should present homosexuality, degeneracy, and promiscuity as normal, natural, and healthy. That we should discredit the Bible and emphasize the need for an intelligent maturity, which does not need a religious crutch. That we should eliminate prayer or any religious, religious expression in schools on the ground. It violates the separation of church and state. We should also state that sin is not a given thing. That sin is only what you call sin. These were quite astounding thoughts in this book. And as, we, as I look at our culture today, I can look at every one of those statements that were given in that book and see them actively being lived out today. Noah's world was such that it was filled with evil. Every intention of the thoughts of man, the scripture says, was evil continuously. The world was filled with corruption. The community was full of violence. The scripture even says that the Lord regretted that, regretted that he had made man. I ask you this morning, is Noah's world much different than ours today? Jesus described the events that will surround his second coming as just as it was in the days of Noah. So it will be in the days of the Son of Man. As we look at our scripture this morning, Noah was a righteous man, the scripture says, but he was an oddity. Righteous, the scripture says, and blameless. And that he walked faithfully with God. The scripture says that Noah was the only one living for God in this evil world. And that he walked with God. And Noah pleased God. I want to challenge us this morning as we face this year to be Noah's. 
Would you be a Noah today? Could you be counted on God to build a Noah? To build an ark? To build a Noah? To build an ark? To reveal the light of God? I ran across this quote. I don't know where I ran across it, but it says this. The confidence we have as we face this new year is rooted in the quality of our walk with God today. If we hope to change our world, the confidence we have to do that is rooted in the quality of our walk with Him today. Noah did what God said to do. Scripture says he did everything just as God commanded. Noah's life of 950 years, I hope some of you don't get that old. My wife says I'm getting crankier the older I get. If I make it to 950, you guys, ooh, look out. <laughs> His life of 950 years exemplified God and Noah's obedience. The scripture said that it took him 100 to 120 years to build an ark as God had commanded and Noah preached to the people as he was building. He told them to turn from their evil ways and their works, lest the waters of the flood come upon you. Noah tried for 100 to 120 years. But you know what I found as I read the scripture? <coughs> Noah failed. You ever feel about that? Noah did not have a single convert as he was building the ark for 100 to 120 years. You know, sometimes we get um, uh, a little flustered when we don't see the success in our life, both spiritually and other ways. We as people sometimes are going to fail. But God never fails. During the time of Noah's preaching, Noah was saved. There were no converts, there were no baptisms, there was no church growth. But Noah found faith in the eyes of the Lord. Sometimes it seems like we as Christians are a dwindling bunch, that we are getting to be a smaller and smaller minority in our world. But I want to remind, remind you this, that God remembers you, and he remembers me. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God concerning the events as yet unseen, in reverent fear he constructed an ark for the savings of his household. By this he condemned the world, yet because of it, of heir of righteousness that comes by his faith. Let me read this scripture, and I've jumped around a little bit in our scripture readings, so I'll try to, to keep you uh, a prize of where I'm at. Chapter 6, starting with verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. And the Lord said, I will blot out the man, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land. For man to animals, to creepy things, and the birds of the sky, for I'm sorry that I've made them. But 
Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time, for Noah walked with God. Verse 14. And God tells, told Noah to make for yourself an ark of gopher wood. You shall make the ark with rooms, and you shall cover it inside and out with pitch. Verse 22, thus Noah did. According to all that God had commanded him, so he did. Chapter 7, then the Lord said to Noah, Enter the ark, you and all your household, for you alone I have seen to be righteous before me in this time. Verse 5, and Noah did according to all that the Lord had commanded him. Now Noah was 600 years, the, 600 years old when the flood of water came upon the earth. Chapter 8, verse 1, first few, verse, few words. But God remembered Noah. Does God remember you this morning? Chapter 9, verse 1, and God blessed Noah and his sons, and said to them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the earth. I want to give you five truths this morning that I see in this portion of Scripture that would remind us on how to live in 2024. The first one is this. As we look around our society and around our culture, we see how our world seems to be getting more sinful and more rebellious against God. I'm here to remind you this morning, be on the watch. Watch for Satan is a roaring lion whom he seeks, and he seeks to devour us. And it is amazing how darkness seems to creep in even to the Christian life. Some of the things we see on television. And we observe this is ordinary people. We are amazed at how so many things have changed. In 70 years, I remember my father preaching against some of the evils that I now see. And I almost laughed in my, da in my dad's face because I said, that'll never happen. And I see 70 years later, and many of you have been around quite a, bit, a little bit longer than I have, and you've seen the evil of the world and how Satan has corrupted us and how he has snuck us in to the world and the culture that is in disobedience to God. But I want to remember, I want you to remember these truths as I share them with you this morning. Number one is, God doesn't destroy people. People destroy people. Sin destroys people. People get destroyed because they become intertwined, just like the bullfrog. We fall asleep in our comfortable lifestyles today. And before long, it's too late. And we have lost our soul. I want to encourage you this morning that God 
does not destroy people, and God does not desire any of us should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Remember that this year is we see evils creeping in in our, 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 our youth and our children are being so corrupted by the morality and the, the lack of God in our society. Yes. And we watch happen. Remember that God does not destroy their soul, but they destroy their own soul. People become known by their sins rather than their good deeds. Why do we people, we call people con men, robbers, murderers, prostitutes, grunts, druggies? Why? Those are not godly terms. But God will destroy the works of evil. I want you to be reminded this morning as you see evil lurking around us, God did not put sin upon us. We have put sin upon ourselves by our rebellion against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Remember, God will not destroy works of iniquity. God, God will destroy the works of iniquity. The second thing I want to remind you of this morning that God remembers is that in our culture today, there is always a way out. There is always a way out. God always provides for those who walk in his presence, as he did in Noah's time. No matter what occurs, God's servants are not held hostage to the fears and anxieties that we see around us. The walk with God prepares us for the darkness we see around us. You see, folks, we are children of the light, not of the darkness. And when darkness creeps along in the shadows of our lives, it is important that we keep our eyes focused upon our God. Our God that remembers us. A God who remembers us in our strengths, in our weaknesses. He sees how we fall. He sees how we are tempted and tried. But God always prepares a way out for us. The way out is to be righteous like Noah, a blameless man. It was his life that preserved mankind. Do you ever stop to believe that it could be your life that preserves your family? Your friends, because you have lived a righteous life. It's not things, it's not people or things, it is being attentive to God's presence and knowing that Noah's peace came because he walked with him. Well, number three this morning, given that. There will come a time that God will destroy all the works of iniquity. And that God always finds a refuge just as he found an ark for Noah and his people. 
Number three is I want to remind us that God has a task for his people to do. God has a task for his people to do. God says to Noah in verse 13, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. And behold, I'm about to destroy them with the earth. Make for yourself an ark of gopher wood. You shall make the ark with rooms, and you shall cover it inside and out with pitch. Folks, there's an ark to build today. It's an ark of safety from evil. There's a place called the church, God's people, that is a refuge from the darkness of the world, from the sins of the world. It's a place where we can come and find refuge in the presence of Almighty God. Just as Noah was given the task to build the ark, the world also we know is taking a toll on lives today. Lives that have been broken. Life that has relationships torn apart. Where is the ark for their safety? Except for in the one who abides in God's presence. The church's responsibility is to build an ark for people. Extending God's love for them. I, um, I don't know how low a priest, but I can believe that when he was building that ark, that he preached about God's holiness and God's purity and God's power and God's existence. And folks, sometimes we, we, we spend our time spinning different things to grasp people into the church. I, I want you to know that the church is not built on entertainment. It's not built on our songs. It's not built on our sermons. It's not built on preachers. It's not built on people. But God's church is built on God's word and the presence of God. We have a task to build, folks. It's a temple where God's presence abides. He has a task for you and me. Some of us maybe feel like we've lived our time and God's just about done with us. We're worn out, we're tired, we're getting old, few of us are a little bit more crankier than we used to be. You know, God's still a task. I've often said this. As long as you're alive, God's still got a plan for your life. When your life is over, hey, God's plan is it's done. But until then, we are called to live for Him. By building trust in God, by exemplifying our openness to God using us. I've often used the, the, the word task to be interchangeable with the word opportunities. I believe that as God has called us to build an ark of safety for those around us, by the way, the word, the, 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 the term ark is in the Old Testament used as a symbol of salvation, of God's salvation. We in tune are to build arks around us. 
place where God's love is enjoyed, a place where forgiveness is practiced, a place where generosity is as common as anything, it's a place where healing takes place. Verse 22 says, Noah did according to all that God had commanded. There is a task, there is an opportunity for us today to reach those that need Ark to come into to escape the darkness of sin today. Well, the poor thing, by the way, I'm being concise. I could go on and on and on. I don't want some of you liberal squirm a little bit. But the poor thing is this. We may not always understand the task. Do you think, do you think Noah understood the task of building an ark? When God told him to build an ark, he supposed that he understood this task. Something that was going to take him 100 to 120 years to build. And likewise, folks, as we have been called to task as a church, we may not always understand the task. But by walking with God, a place of rest is established in our hearts. Noah not only knew his mission in but he found his place of peace in God's presence. It did not matter what anyone else talked about him. I'm sure that they did. I'm, I'm sure that they were, he was cursed and he was sworn to. He was gossiped about. He was threatened. But what did Noah do? He just kept building the ark. And sometimes in the world in which we live, those are going to be some of the characteristics that surround us. People don't like our message because they're in direct contrast to the Word of God. There's always time to get God's Word complete. We don't necessarily need to say we're too busy, but we got higher priorities because all time belongs to God. And God gives us time to get the work done. And I want you to know you have time to get what God wants you to do for him today. <clears throat> God's work, Hudson Taylor says, God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. I, I like that. This week, I, you know, when, when, when you get sick and you get down in the weather and you just don't have any energy to go on, it takes everything you got to put one foot in front of the other. Sometimes it seems the same as we walk, live for Christ. But I want you to be reminded that when God's work is done in God's way, it will never lack God's supply. God will always give us the supply of energy and the power and the courage to do what God's called us to do. Then, number five, is whatever may happen in the future, whatever happens in 2024, be reminded of this, that the God of the future, the God of eternity, is walking among us today. Thank you. The God of the future is 
walking with us today. While we may, may not be able to see tomorrow, our faithfulness to Christ right now is our best security for whatever is to come. And God remembers. God remembers. God remembers his people. He remembers your faithfulness. He remembers your service. He remembers your act of kindness. Remember when I started with this, with this morning? The confidence that we have in facing tomorrow is rooted in the quality of our walk with God today. Where is our walk with God today? Is it trying to fit into this world that is lost? And that God one day will have to turn his back on us? Is that where our mindset's at? Is that where our desires are? God remembers. He remembers us our faithfulness. I'm going to close with this thought. <clears throat> this year, before you pray, believe in your prayers. You do that? Sometimes we we say words to God that we really don't believe. We don't understand how God wants to meet those needs. Before you speak, listen. Listen to the voice of wisdom. Before you spend, earn. God teach my kids that, that sometimes they forgot along the way. Sometimes I forget. Before you write, think. Before you quit, please try. And before you die, live. May God bless us as we see around us the corruptness and sin of this world. Be righteous before God. Lord, thank you so much for this day that you've given us. Lord, help us not to fall asleep. Lord, while we're trying to appease the world, help us to be reminded that you walk beside us and your presence is always with us to give us peace and guidance and to give us power and strength over even the evil one. Lord, help us to always be alert. That old devil tries to steal, rob, and destroy that which you have given us. As we walk this year, help us to be faithful and to be righteous, even as Noah was called in his day. You know, you called us today. Jesus. Did you stand?